0: Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Ron and Anian, there's a shortage of semiconductor chips. (laughs) So... You know, computer chip bottleneck might raise used car prices. Well, it actually is raising used car prices, right? I
4: got a brand new
2: car. And I, I like to drive real hard. The Car Doctor.
4: But this goes to what you and a lot of our other callers have said in the not too recent past why kids don't really get into cars. How's a high school kid going to afford 12 to 15 grand for a beater? Right. And that's what it is. You
0: know? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a
3: busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Tom, do I have a time to tell my 2016 Traverse story now? Yes? Good. Okay. Oh,
4: I suppose.
3: Okay. I want to tell this story. I have a 2016 Chevy Traverse in the shop. It's, uh, I think we've been talking about this for a while, you and I. And, it, you know, you got to call car companies out. Every once in a while, they make a mistake. I think GM made a mistake here. All right? They ran the power steering line, the, the high-pressure line, Over the top of the rear of the engine, right over the top of that portion of the wiring harness, the O2 sensor connector, and a bunch of other critical components back there. Power steering line sprung a leak. 40,000-mile car, barely 41,000 miles on this car. Clean car, and it's five years old, and it just, you know, it it started to seep out of the power steering hose. So part of the repair, and I believe we talked about this last week or the week before, and I was going to tell you the update uh, part of the repair is they want you to obviously change the O2 sensor because it's saturated in power steering fluid. They want you to change the power steering line obviously because it's leaking. But they want you to replace the entire engine compartment wiring harness. Wow. So you know I'm a think outside the box kind of guy. that's just how I'm built. I just I look at it and I say, a lot of people say why? I go why not? You know, how come? What for? you know it's it's just it doesn't make any sense so i did the power steering line which is no easy task although i bet if the engine was out and on the ground it would be easy to get to the power steering line maybe that's what they were thinking probably would have been better off but i did the o2 i did the power steering line and now i'm down to the harness and i've pulled the harness apart and i see no contamination of the of of power steering fluid in the harness and I'm gonna on Monday, I'm going to solder on a connector and put it together and, and see where we go. And I guess the point of this is that I couldn't help but notice if this car had 10,000 miles more on it and was another year or two older, I bet you couldn't do what I'm trying to do. because nothing would be easy in terms of how it came apart. Five-year old car, things are rusted and corroded, and this car hasn't had a hard life. Uh, you know, it's 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 not out in all kinds of crazy weather. It's been well cared for. And I'm saying to myself, is anything built to last? My friend Jeff comes by the shop once in a while. He's got a four-door 55 Chevy Bel Air with factory air. Yeah, factory air. In 1955, air conditioning for a 55 Chevy cost $500 as an option. The car was $15. So air conditioning was a quarter the price of the car, when you stop and think about it, or a third the price of the car. And it still works. Jeff brings it by the shop, and it's icebox cold in that car. It's just amazing. It just works like it was yesterday when it was made. And this is a company that, 65 years later, they can't make a wiring harness, or they can't make a power steering hose last more than five years, and when it does fail, it's out of warranty, and now it's the customer's obligation, and that... You know, and listen, GM's not the only one. Ford's got their bugaboos. Honda's got their bugaboos. Toyota, the same thing. They all do it. You know, we've got to demand more from our car companies. We really do. Because they've really got this planned obsolescence thing. If there's one thing they really do well, it's planned obsolescence. They know when it's going to be over. Uh, You know, and I don't know. I, I just needed to tell you this story. It just, it was important to me. I wanted you to hear it from my perspective uh, I'll let you know next week how it goes when I solder the connector on. Does it work? I think it will. I'm actually going to leave a loop in the wiring because I think one of the concerns GM has is that if there's if there's power steering fluid between the insulation and the copper braid of the wire, that will eventually it'll seep into the harness. Well... Because I got such a long loop on the on the replacement connector, I'm going to use all of that wire, and I'm going to loop it up so the power steering fluid would have to flow uphill about three inches in order for it to get over the bend to come down the other side. And I think, I think uh, Isaac Newton's going to take over and hold it in its place for the life of the vehicle. But, you know, the bigger problem is, and if you've got one of these cars, you have your power steering hose checked at your next oil change, and this also applies to the GMC Acadias. You know... You wonder, you take that whole nose apart, the engine apart, every wiring harness, every connector. You know, there are some connectors I just I couldn't get apart, and I had to do a workaround trying to get this repair done. And you say to yourself, you disturb every connector. you got to hope they all go back. you got to hope they all make good contact. And you hope you don't break any of the high-quality plastic parts on the way out. You just say to yourself, uh, you know... I really think in the in the event of a front end accident, anything older than five years, half these cars are going to get totaled. If not two thirds of these cars are going to be totaled, for the sheer cost of repair and what it's going to take to actually put them back on the road versus uh, making it worthwhile. Because I can tell you from the mechanical repair perspective, it's you just wonder um, where it's going to go. And just wait till the electric cars get here. And not because electric is bad, but because the cost of repair has to be so much higher. Um, although yeah like everybody says what could break (laughs) i can't imagine let's get on over to uh (laughs) i made tom laugh let's get over to josh in uh, rochester new york 13 chevy 2500 and some ticking tick 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 josh welcome to the car doctor sir how can i help
5: thank you ron i appreciate taking my call you're welcome um i have a 2013 chevy 2500 four by four six liter with ninety nine thousand miles on it um took it to a national franchise oil change, my first mistake. Um, and uh, they did the oil change. About 25 miles later on my way home, my I was about a mile from home, uh, dash lights up like a Christmas tree, oil pressure drops to about 10 pounds. And I go, what'd they do to my truck? So I make the phone call and over the phone, the manager goes, Well, it sounds like one of our defective oil filters slipped through the cracks.
3: Gee, that's encouraging.
5: Yeah. So they came out in my driveway and took the old oil filter off, put the new one on, hoping that would solve the problem. Well, it didn't. Oil pressure was still reading 80. I've had it at uh, a friend of mine's shop for probably about a good month and a half now. Um, The regional manager from this National
3: chain that starts with a V. Um, if I guess, do I win? Came out. Is I'm it, sorry. Is it, if I guess, what do I win? Is it Valvoline? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Valvoline? It I
5: didn't know if we were allowed to say names. Yeah, listen, comes,
3: so. we're, we're an equal opportunity offender here. We don't. You know what? If you make a mistake, yeah, we absolutely. hold your feet to the fire. You gotta you gotta make it right. Um, so that. so so they um, put they put another oil filter on it, and oil pressure is what high or low?
5: Oil pressure's low, still between 8 to 15 pounds. Okay. Um, they
3: so some, had the regional manager
5: of this franchise come out and said, if you can prove oil filter failure, we'll pay for your motor, but prove it. I go, I can't prove it. You took my oil filter. Uh, is there a way that you can tell oil filter <laughs> failure from a oil analysis? Mm. Or is there any
3: possible way? No, you'd have to have you know. If they did oil analysis, they would see metal in the oil. But you know, which there is, you could
5: visually see metal in that oil.
3: Okay, so you know, your argument is you know you'd have to. This is take them to court and and sit down with a lawyer and talk to somebody about consumer protection. Uh, you know, right. the the first mistake, and it's not that you didn't you didn't know, but the first mistake was that you let them take the filter with... You let them take the filter. But, you know, you think they're... You, right. you're, you're trying to do the right thing. You think that they're doing the right thing and they're going to be honorable and, you know, they're going to do what they need to do. You know... Yeah,
5: I, we've, we've replaced the oil pressure switch, the oil pump. We've cleaned and checked all the wiring in the grounds to make sure we put a mechanical gauge on it.
3: Any any noise um, out of the engine?
5: Uh, Well, so got it back i don't know a week ago and i drove it from here probably about 40 miles and uh by the time i got home it was uh it was getting loud because at that point motors already smoked i'm either going to be buying a new motor or buying a new truck and 6400 dollars installed isn't a bad deal for a jasper replacement
3: no it probably isn't i i think you know i think you have a case For an attorney, I would at least call the New York State Attorney General's office and, you know, talk to them, explain that to somebody, if you can find somebody to listen. I would also call Valvoline Corporate and explain it to them. And, you know, I I think the argument here is I'm going to put the scenario in my shop, all right? If this was my shop, I think my obligation is I'm going to turn it over to my insurance and let my oil filter people you know the oil filter has a warranty on it here's why you don't let customers bring parts to your shop all right and and you didn't i'm right. not saying you did but you know here's here's the value and here's what you're getting when you let a shop use their own parts and and do their job uh, you know the question is is the shop honorable will they will they stand behind it but uh, you know this manager has so many resources at his fingertips in terms of, he could reach out to his oil filter supplier. He could reach out to his garage keeper's insurance. He could reach out to corporate, and yet he chooses not to. You know. Well, f- and
5: that's that's the thing. We have um, we've been back and forth, but he only verbally told me that they had a bunch of defective oil filters. That and one must have slipped through the cracks. This must be one, right? And um, verbally, I mean, I have no documentation. I'm like, can you? I asked him to put it in writing, and No
3: response. Right, yeah, he'll never do that. So I I, I think you know what? I think to make this simpler is I think it's a call to the New York State Attorney General's office, and I'm no lawyer, brother. Uh, but I think it's gotta be the Attorney General's office to see what kind of response you get out of them, and then it's gonna have to be a sit down with this guy and say, Listen, you gotta do something for me. You just can't leave me hanging. Uh you know, you guys created this. Uh, you know, I don't think this is right and see what sort of response you get. And if you get no response, And, you know, you're going to have to get creative and think of another way around it. But uh, just just I'm sorry to hear it. I really am, because it's not hard for him to resolve this. And I would also call Valvling corporate because, uh, you know, that's an issue, too. And maybe there's a local news on TV or radio in your town that you could call to, you know, something that does something for consumers, consumer rep- protection, and tell them the tale, and uh, maybe they'll go in and talk to the manager and get his side of it, and uh, maybe they'll uncover it that way. Nobody likes extra pressure and extra advertising and the wrong kind of advertising, and uh, anything that you can do to give them that, that might uh, put more pressure on them to make it right. Keep us posted, Josh. Good luck to you, and uh, stay safe. I'm Ron Anady and The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this.
4: It's the only from Pasadena. He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron.
3: And by the way for Josh in Rochester, you know Josh, let me point out one last comment about oil filters. If you go out to pureoil.com, pureoil.com, uh Pure Later Oil Filters, there's a bunch of videos there, uh, a, a great content resource library how oil filters are made how they're built and some other contact links um, you know i'm curious how the oil filter oil, oil change place the manager how they think that filter is defective and i'm sending you to pureoilnow.com in hopes that maybe you can you know get a better understanding of how oil filters are built and put together and um, you know using them as a resource for you know what could have failed you know not in their filter but in the valvoline's filter and uh, maybe that'll help when you uh, go talk to the attorney general but um, pureoilnow.com will give you some great insight and some great resources to uh, learn about oil filters so by all means try that let's get over and talk to jim in florida 09 f-150 and some questions about changing more parts jim welcome to the car doctor sir how can i help
4: Hey, Ron, hey, I absolutely love your program. Thank you. But uh, before we dive into ours, I took a look at your 55, the Black Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the mags. Are they ET mags or American mags on it?
3: Halibrand. Real Halibrand. Cool looking. Yeah, real Halibrand. Oh, boy. I, I, I actually bought them right from Halibrand and I believe Halibrand wheels, which I think it's Missouri, I forget where. But I think he's the grandson of the original Hallibrand that made the wheel back in the day. And, you know, really cool guy to talk to. You hear the whole story about how Hallibrand wheels came about. And um, I believe the – I think it was Jim Hallibrand. I think that was his name. It's been a while since i thought about this. But he was a flight technician on a B-29, I think is the way the story went in the Pacific during the war. And when he came back, he was – Good with aluminum, and he—that's how he ended up creating the the aluminum wheel. It's a—it's a very interesting story. You know, a lot of the speed and performance of the fifties and the sixties came about from guys that were bomber mechanics and you know flight technicians for during the war, and they took their skill and uh, did other stuff with it. So, but um, thank you, thank you, I, I appreciate I like, that. I
4: like the look. Uh, and and one other thing before we dive into my my uh, issue, um, you had a caller several months ago, and my wife has a. I think it's a 2016 uh, Cadillac SRX and the um,
3: display screen.
4: The display screen went out. right and, I, and, and of course, the Cadillac dealer only wanted a couple grand to replace That's it. That's all.: And I was able to go online and get a replacement screen uh, I think it was like 200 dollars. and then um, there's different places around the United States that you can take it to. And they charged me an hour labor, I believe, a hundred bucks to swap the screen out. And and they took care of it. I mean, the car's got 4,000 miles on it and the screen goes out. Yeah. And I So, This has a lot to do with what you're talking about down the road. Good luck on getting stuff like that. Well, this is only five years old, Jim. Uh, you know,
3: listen. I, it's going to sound stupid, but I noticed. I noticed this week that, that we're way off topic here, so just don't don't worry about right, it. I'm we're, sorry. We're, that's yeah. okay. We're gonna we're gonna go into the next segment, but don't worry. It's it's a great call. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. My 04 suburban with seventy five thousand miles on it. I noticed that the driver's window power window switch. It's a six gang switch. The one button is starting to get a little sloppy. I ordered a Switch. I'm not even waiting for it to break. And I also ordered the bezel, the piece that it sits in. It was 40 bucks. You know, if, if I'm going to keep the car, why don't I want to buy the parts now? Because I guarantee in two years when it all finally does break and it's 20 years old and they tell me I can't get any of those parts, you know what? I'm going to run around and be miserable in this car that I love that fits me so well that to replace is right. seventy five, eighty thousand dollars 80000 my first mortgage on my first house in Hawthorne, New Jersey was 93,000 bucks, you know, 30 years ago. Come on. I mean, we're I, you know, and I couldn't I can't live in the suburban. Well, I probably could live in the suburban, but I need a bigger TV. Um, but you get my point. It's it's and sure, sure. what's, what's going to happen with electric cars? That's the thing I don't get. I think when you buy an electric car or lease an electric car or rent an electric car, whatever they're going to let us do, I think you just got to buy a forever million-mile warranty. Because I don't think anybody's going to be able to afford to fix it.
4: I- well, I've been following and following your, your um, controversy on the electric cars, and, and um,
3: let's call it the rant. I worked
4: for an electrical. Con- <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I look worked for an electrical contractor in St. Louis for forty years, and you're right. There's no infrastructure there if you live in a high rise down here in Florida. What are you going to do? Throw an extension cord out your window to, yeah. to hook up to your car? I'm thinking they home- don't have the facility to, to do all to, to uh, hook up everybody's charger. They're, they're just not the infrastructure available right
3: now. Jim, every you know what? Home Depot stock is going to go up because we're going to go down there and buy extension cords. Sit tight, Jimmy. We'll get to your original question when we come back. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. Don't go
4: anywhere.
2: Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand.
3: Welcome back. Rod Andy, The Car Doctor. We're talking to Jim in Florida. Jim, you're still there, sir, I assume. 09 F-150. I guess we should get to your question because you and I could go on for the rest of the show. Um,
4: <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to hog No, us, listen. I, I, got a, I, 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 I get got it. I get a 2009 uh, F, uh, F-150, 266,000 miles. It's a 5.73 uh, valve, I think they call it. 5.43 five,
3: five, valve. 5.43 valve. Yeah. It, yeah.
4: Yeah, f- five point four uh, liter. Right at two hundred and thirty thousand miles, uh, the timing um, uh, chains or whatever that's on there, the phasers went right. out.
3: The phasers failed. So
4: uh, yeah, so I elected to go ahead and have a Jasper engine swap out for seven grand, and uh, I put thirty thousand miles on the truck since then. So I'm not two sixty six, but Ron, the engine is a. I mean the, the transmission. Ron is the original transmission. Uh, I've had the oil changed on it, the fluid changed a couple times at the Ford dealer, but it still it still uh, runs, shifts okay. But I'm scared to death to take it on long trips anymore. And you know, you hate to take it to the transmission place and say, "Hey, rebuild it. What's wrong with it? Nothing." So um, I'm just kind of at a at a crossroads as to what to do with it.
3: Do you like your? Do you like the fellow that did your Jasper engine tr- installation?
4: I do. He yeah. did a very nice job.
3: Okay. Why don't you have him put a Jasper Trans in it?
4: I uh, didn't think about it at the time, to tell you the truth.
3: Yeah. Why don't you have him put a Jasper Trans in it? Because Jasper makes transmissions. And if you've got a guy that does good local warranty work, and then with Jasper you'll get a national warranty, Um. you know, why not go that route? That way, you know, if you're in East Jabib, if you come to New Jersey and you want to go for a ride in the hot rod, at least you know if you're in New Jersey you can get a Jasper warranty somewhere. Um, I bet we could sell those Tom rides in the hot rod. So that would <laughs> That's
4: a good idea. I really never thought about
3: that. <laughs> Jim's Jim salivating at that idea. So you um, never thought no, about rides in the at, hot rod? Uh, yeah. Well, I'd take Jim for a ride in the hot rod. So, you know, when win a, win a ride in the hot rod with the car doctor. Huh. How much how much trouble could you there get you into? Go. Uh, but um uh, but yeah, I would I would think about a Jasper Trans. Uh, you know, I would, okay. w- why not? And then at least you got national warranty coverage. Um, you know, and,
4: and uh, the second issue, as you can tell, I drive my vehicles until the wheels fall off Then right. I put the wheels back on sure. and keep driving. Yeah. Why not? Uh, and the only other uh, item that I'm kind of concerned about is the, uh, the, uh, drive shaft and the U joints and the, um, the idler, uh pulley on it.
3: Yeah. The center bearing. They're, and they're on. original. Yeah. Then do it. Yeah. yeah why not? Listen, Hey, hey, Jim, when are you going to put a fuel pump in it?
4: Uh, I haven't. It's got the original fuel pump, I right. assume.
3: So put a fuel pump in it. Have you put? Has it got the original starter, alternator, and rotating electrical?
4: Uh, actually, the starter uh, replaced and the uh, water pump replaced, and I just put a new air conditioner uh, compressor on last okay. summer.
3: So go put an alternator on it? And put a fuel pump module in it, and boy, you you've covered the rotating electrical. And then it, you know w- what could break on a trip—the power window motor. Who cares? You'll look you'll, you'll, look, you'll <laughs> well, look you'll look you'll well, look cool, you'll look cool with your arm sticking out the elbow your your elbow sticking out the window with that pack of cigarettes rolled up in your white t shirt sleeve, and uh, um, you'll you'll think it's forty years ago. So, but you know, yeah. That's well, Ron, cool. I
4: I uh, did have the dash lights start to go out on the speedometer and all that, and of course, you know, I. I took it out and to find out it doesn't have light bulbs that's integrated in the circuit right. board right so i had to go to our local speedometer repair guy and he was able to get me a, a replacement one and set the mileage accordingly and, and put that in there you,
3: you want me to you want me to help you make decisions about fixing your truck jim here you're ready yes, sir it's it's very simple okay replacement vehicle an 09 f-150 so a new f-150 starts at 60 grand
4: I know, staggering.
3: That's 60, 60. And that's a base truck. That's not even, you know, it's it's like a work truck level kind of thing. It's got rubber floor mats and, you know. So, 60 grand, a couple thousand bucks. Uh, you know what? I'd make a budget of $2,000 a year on a truck that's this old just to put parts in it while I can still get them from reliable sources and and keep it going. It doesn't yeah, I keep it, it's, going. it's it's you know what? If new cars didn't break, Dealers wouldn't need service departments. True, I you know listen. My wife's Explorer. Oh, I got to tell you the story about. It. Then I'm going to let you go because Tom's going to yell at me. Um, uh, my my wife's Explorer has been back to the Ford dealer four times now, three times or four times. She just picked it up. She just picked it up Thursday because her dash, the uh, radio navigation controls lock up. This is she's They've now put two APIMs, accessory protocol interface modules, in it. Spread out over the last year and a half. We, I get home yesterday. I left work a little early. We're going to take a ride down to the Jersey Shore, have dinner. I take a shower. I'm all nice and relaxed. I get in the car. We're going to go. It's 100 miles away. I plug in for navigation, and the screen's locked up. Happy Friday. And she looked at me yep. and went. And I went, you know, it's uh, new doesn't mean that it's right. New doesn't mean it's not going to break. New doesn't mean anything more than it's new. All right? I'm not saying not to buy new cars. I'm just saying you don't buy new to solve a problem. Sometimes it pays to maintain it. There's got to be that delicate balance and common sense. So um, just something to think about. All right, sir? I appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. You're very welcome, Jim. You know, I wonder, and Tom, I was just thinking about this. I've got the answer. I know what the problem is with a Prius and electric vehicles, and I defy everybody to do this, okay? Oh? Is I, I want a Prius owner to go out there. Roll the window down, put Beach Boys on the radio, okay? Kind of sit back. If they've got a white t shirt, white t shirt, pack a Marlboros, roll them up in their left sleeve, and kind of let that cigarette dangle out of their mouth and just cruise down the main boulevard in a Prius. And then I want them to go find a classic muscle car and see the response. And then they'll understand. You, um, you
4: really want to see that battery melt, don't you?
3: Well, I just, there's just, you know, you just don't feel. That's what cool is, right? You know, everybody wants, you know, what's cool? That's the problem is that this generation doesn't know cool. It just, it just doesn't get it. Uh, you know, it's, they think it's, you know, 2021 Mustangs with loud exhaust and yeah, they're fast, but there's just, I don't know. There's something about it. The V sixes anyway. Um, but anyway, that's, uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it, but I want everybody to go out there and try and be cool in a Prius or an electric car and uh, my comment before about what it's going to sound like at the drive-in when you hear and that'll be it. Oh, here comes here comes Tom in his electric car. <laughs> I just I yeah. Let me pull over take a pause 855-560-9900. when we come back Mark in New Hampshire you're going to be first up. I appreciate your patience and let you guys letting me rant a little bit today. I feel so much better. It's like therapy. I'm running Annie in the car doctor. I'll be right back.
2: Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit bartesian.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand.
3: back running into the car doctor mark new hampshire a very patient man sir how can i help you today
5: well i i caught your show It might have been a recorded one last weekend and you were talking about all the sensors for cars for putting on brakes and letting you know things are around you and i was just thinking if they have them on the back of vehicles how are you going to back up to a trailer or if you're backing up a trailer is it going to stop
3: you uh because the advanced radar systems start at the back bumper and they shoot a beam forward and then okay. and then when they when they go in reverse, it will detect in reverse and it will know you're backing up because you've got the car in reverse. So it will take that into consideration. It's it will it will be no different at that speed and doing it in reverse. Do you have a vehicle now with a backup camera? No,
5: I don't at this time, but I just caught
3: your, your Right, it'll 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 uh, sort of rant. be like that where you're where you're doing a um a, a backup with a backup camera it'll beep 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 and and let you know but hey listen it's all going to be very different and it's just going to all be very complicated so we'll uh, we'll wait to see what happens um, we'll yeah, wait to see what happens. I'm, I'm going
5: to keep my 2003 Ford Explorer Sport Track. I love
3: it. Yeah, I listen. You know what? It's start buying parts now because you can probably get another 10, 15 years out of it as long as you get parts for it. It's 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 going to be cheaper than than new stuff, and I think uh, the trial and error won't be there uh, like some of the new cars will, or some of the uh, you know the newer vehicles will. It's um, uh, one thing I always say about older cars is we know where and how they're going to fail. We know the technology. We don't know the new stuff yet coming down the road, and uh, the experimentation and the price of a guinea pig. Well, it has its price. So, um, absolutely. All right. Take good care, Mark. Let's get over to. Uh, let's go to Bubba in Louisiana. Bubba one GMC. How can I help you today, brother?
6: All right, man. I'm having a, a couple of issues. Maybe you could help me out with. Number one uh, is a torsion bar issue, and reason that one's number one is I'm in a junkyard right now underneath the car. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, my truck was, uh, doing some excessive, uh, like sagging and, uh, like tracking on the, when you drive it, uh, it was kind of like crazy after a, uh, a front blowout. Right. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't understand it. I kind of looked and it looked like the front of the truck was sagging on the driver's side. So I adjusted the torsion keys, but they wouldn't adjust on the driver's side at all. So they, like, they so,
3: the nut the, the bolt wouldn't move? It wouldn't move the key. Yeah, the bolt moved. It tightened
6: up all the way, but it didn't adjust the height or anything at all.
3: So is the torsion bar cracked?
6: No, but I assume it's bad.
3: Well, yeah, it sounds like it's either I mean listen, if you if you tighten the torsion bar and there's no change in right height, it's either the bar is mm-hmm. cracked or broken or the, or, or the key's cracked or where it goes into the frame somehow is stripped out. Something's not, you know, you're winding it tighter. It's got to come up. So now, yeah, you, now, you now gotta you've got to find a pair of replacement torsion bars and yeah, I'm sure finding something new is probably obsolete at this point. So now you've got to find something uh, new. No,
6: really expensive, you know, about $300 a piece is all. These are $25. Yeah, probably
3: worth, probably worth to try, uh, you know, but I would, yeah, I would yeah. get, I would do both of them. Uh, you know. Oh, okay. I, I would I would definitely do both used? of them. Well, even though they're used, you know, if you're taking them out of the same vehicle, at least this way, if that replacement pair is a different spring rate, you've got a matched set of springs. Think of it as you're putting oh. coil springs in, right? Would you put one, yeah, yeah. Would, would you put one used coil spring in? You'd probably put both. So yeah, probably. You, you know, just, just to have that and the fact that for twenty five bucks. Listen. If you don't use it in the truck, you use it as a pry bar to fix something. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's a good quality piece of steel. So, it you know before it All disappears. All right. Well, one
6: other question. Brother. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it's a fuel pump question. Uh, if I get in my truck um, and let the let the fuel put the key on but don't start it, I can hear the fuel pump. zing, right. And then it stops. Right. If I do that if I do that three or four times, the truck will start on a Don. Okay. If I don't do that, you'll have to start do, 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 stop three or four times to get it to start. The fuel pump's going out, right?
3: Sounds like it's the pump. What I'd like to do is put a fuel pressure gauge on it and when right, you I when, have one. when you turn the key, you'll see fuel pressure mm-hmm. come up. When you turn the key off, does it hold it's fuel pressure? Right? Does it maintain? Is there is there what we call uh, residual pressure? If it, if
6: it—that's so it, what I'll be looking for. Yeah. Pressure.
3: If it, if it doesn't, if it doesn't maintain, it's either that you've got an injector stuck open and peeing fuel, okay, bleeding off, or the the check valve in the pump isn't holding residual pressure, and that's why it's just it's just burping itself down. If no. there, go ahead. Uh, uh, My fuel gauge
6: is messed up. Is that in the fuel pump also? Because that would be another sign that the fuel pump... Yeah, that
3: that should be... If the gauge isn't working correctly, the sender and the fuel pump should all be part and parcel of the same module, so...
6: That's what I I assume. uh,
3: You know what? If you're at the point where you found a truck that matches yours in the scrapyard... And yeah. you know you can listen. I buy the tank to pump the whole nine yards because <laughs> uh, you know it can't hurt to have spare parts around. Spare parts you you can't fix a vehicle from an empty an empty parts uh, shelf if you know what I'm saying. I didn't so. even think
6: about that. You can uh, just take the uh, oh, actually no, it looks like over here. I don't know about it, this this parts yard. There's a hole drilled straight through every gas tank I can see.
3: Oh, yeah maybe they, they did drill. that maybe they did that because they yeah. wanted it's a shame they probably did that because they didn't want to store fuel in the tanks sitting out in the sun uh or maybe they had, yeah, dra- I maybe bet they you had that's a maybe maybe they had to drain the tanks to store them for safety's sake so but yeah I'm um, sure
6: they, they probably don't sell the tanks here because right. I can see the car next to me and the next one over there right. they all have a big old right.
3: hole in them. so so what I would what I would do bub is I would clearly uh, you know, take that pump out of the tank before you buy it. Just look at it. Is, it. is it rusty? Is it crummy? Is it is it is it all gummed up? And if not, if it's cheap enough, buy the pump, buy the torsion bars, take the keys. This way you've got all the parts and uh, nothing like working on a vehicle and having all the parts in front of you so you can resolve it quickly over the course of the weekend. Bubba, I appreciate the call. You have a great weekend. I'm Ron Amy, The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
3: Welcome back, Ron are on the, end of the Car Doctor. I, What story do I want to end with today? Do I want to tell you about the broken spark plugs in the F-150 or about the bad PCM in the F-450? Hmm. They're both just, um, uh, let me do the, I want to talk to you about spark plugs. So, an 07 F-150 came into the shop. We're doing this, you know, overhaul, I guess. Uh, you know, cheaper to rebuild and repair the plow truck than it is to, uh, you know, buy a new one, new new 160 put seven, eight, nine grand, whatever. I'm betting it gets to ten grand by the time we're done. You know, make it work. Do all the maintenance, do all the parts, etc. You ever put spark plugs in an 07 or any of the Ford three valve motors, five, four, four, six with three valves? It is the most amazing display of stupidity I've ever seen in my mechanical life. Because it's a three piece spark plug. It's it's designed, it it comes apart in pieces. And it's it's a long shank of a bottom end of the plug threaded hex nut porcelain so everything is going into the cylinder when the plug gets some carbon deposits on it that long shank portion it's like sticking your finger in a wine bottle all right and you go to pull your finger out and the tighter you pull it's like a it's 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 like Chinese handcuffs it just sort of grabs it and holds it and you can't you know, you can't move it out. So what you end up doing is you leave your finger in the wine bottle and you take your hand and you, you you pull it away. You leave the bottom shank of the spark plug in the head and you take the top part with the hex, the thread, and the porcelain and it all comes out as one piece. And now you're looking at, you've got this metal tube in the cylinder head about three quarters of an inch long with the ground electrode across it and you go, now what do you do? And, you know, there's no need for this. It's it's couldn't afford foresee that this was going to be an issue? No. So you get out the Lyle tool, Lyle makes the replacement tool, and you get it apart. It's it's just a lot of work. The reason I mention it is you know, we can't get spark plugs right after 110 years. Electric cars are coming, folks. How right do you think they're going to be for at least 110 years? I'm Ron Annie in The Car Doctor reminding you this time, every time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.